Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. kind of has a uh, morphine sound. I don't know if you ever heard of the band Morphine. Uh, no longer around. Uh, their, uh, their lead singer died on stage of a concert. Literally. Of an overdose. The band consisted, I believe, of a saxophone, a drummer, and a bassist. That was it. You don't believe me, look it up. The band's name was literally Morphine. Great songs. Very dark and depressing, though. Which you could only imagine that a band named Morphine would have literally not an uprising like, hey, let's have fun. No. Yeah, lead singer. Collapsed on stage. Died. I believe it was heroin, but I could be wrong. Hot start to the hour, Dusty. Hot start. Hey, man. (laughs) You play the music. Coming up a little bit later, Josh Fernier, 2 o'clock. Royals take on the Oakland Athletics. What a terrible place to play baseball. But remember, they got you covered all week. Vern, 7.50 on Monday mornings with Bob Fesco and Josh Klingler and Ryan Wachowski. Then the Whit Merrifield Show on Monday at 11 a.m. Diddy Matthews on the drive at 3. Then Pete Sweeney on Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Brad Keller Show at 9.35 with Fesco and Kling. Mike Matheny on Wednesdays at 9 a.m., HUD Wednesdays at 3 p.m., and Vern on the drive at 3.30 on a Tuesday. We kind of talked about it uh, with the full capacity coming back and kind of snuck in a little bit of Bobby Witt there, like what it would look like. My question is, 913-576-7610, J. Southland Service Tow Service Text Line. If Bobby Witt Jr. made his debut on a Friday, Saturday night, would they get to 100,000 fans or I guess tickets sold is the best way to put it when it comes to the series. Grant, you taking the under or the over on that? I'm probably taking the under. Just but it's like a slight under, like a 95? Yeah. And someone's got to be there for the... Be yeah, the bad news. You'd have to have like a sellout one night. You just have to have one sellout, and then you'd have to have 30-30. Because a sellout would be like 38-something or 39, and then you'd have to go 30-30, and then you'd be over it. Because then you'd be 90,000 with the 30 total. Then, oh, man, that'd be tough. I, I just think there's a good chance you get one that's like 31, and then there's like yeah. a 27 and a 26, and you're like, it's pretty high. Yeah, because what, if he makes his debut, it's going to be in like September. People by then have probably already like checked into the Chiefs, which mandatory minicamp is just right around the corner. Can't get in here sooner enough for so many people. But football's getting back. Don't worry. We're going to talk Chiefs here and uh, probably the next subject. I just kind of want to talk about this because I was uh, unable to during the week. 
but you probably heard the information. You probably heard the news um, that uh, there's something sticky going on when it comes to the uh, MLB. And I'm not, like, concerned. I just kind of find it funny because in the early 2000s, late, late 90s, Baseball was just so angry at hitters because of the steroid era. And, you know, there were some people out there that, you know, would would argue that hand-eye coordination is what makes you a better hitter than most things considered. But steroids were definitely affecting the game, but people were being able to hit the ball harder and farther. Um, Numbers had skyrocketed. I mean, there was a home run record set at 73. Um, the most home runs we've seen since then, I believe, was Giancarlo Stanton. I think hit like 60 or something like that. And somebody hit like 59, maybe. I'm pretty sure Stanton hit 60 when he won an MVP. But when it comes to baseball right now, it seems the pitchers have had enough. And I get it. You want to take advantage if you can get away with a little bit of something? I'm not going to lie. There's things in life I cheated on. Cheated on a restaurant test. They wanted me to become a bartender. There was no way I was going to learn these drinks in a matter of a week. Put them down on my phone, and then when they asked me what I was using my phone for, I used said as a calculator. They didn't question. Didn't even need a calculator. Just said that's what I was using it for. I had all the recipes in my iPhone notes. Just nailed that test. Became a bartender. Couldn't make you a drink. Was just praying people would just order beers. Never will forget the first Manhattan I had to make. Anyways, but the stories that came out is that they're using a sticky substance, part of which is a pine tar sunscreen type of substance. One report said that it was so sticky it was taking the label off of the baseball. And the one thing that it's causing is a higher spin rate, which is causing the offensive production numbers to go down because pitchers are dominant. And here's where I come with my topic is that pitchers already have the advantage. They hold the ball, they know the pitch, and they know where they want to put it. It doesn't always work out that way, and that's when the batter takes the advantage. But from the 60 feet that they have from the mound to the plate where they're already elevated, they have that advantage. And I'll listen, I get it, Royals Farm Report on Twitter, we had a good conversation about it. They're like, well, pine tar is available to anybody. Yeah. Batters. Batters can't have it above a certain label. Talk to George Brett about that. He knows. Pitchers have a rosin bag behind the mound to keep their hands dry. If there's not a big concern with it, why are pitchers hiding this substance in their sock, buried in their glove? Pineda just put it on his neck. I respect that move a hell of a lot. He just said, maybe they won't see this. Well, they saw it, and he didn't care. But the thing is, whether you want to believe it or not, or you don't care that people cheat, because trust me, everybody's doing it. Well, everybody except the Royals pitching staff. That's not, that's not a shot at the Royals, I promise. They're just they're being good Samaritans, and they're not cheating. Think about it. But the thing about it is, Pitchers are sounding contradicting when it comes to what they want in the MLB. I don't like that batters do steroids. 
That's cheating. Well, mixing sunscreen and pine tar and hiding it in your belt line and then using it when you pitch is also cheating and making a higher spin rate. And Monday when the world got set on fire and came out and you heard Garrett Cole stutter and puke over himself when they asked him if he was using it, and the fact the names like Trevor Bauer and people like that were linked to it, it's like, okay, well, why is this all of a sudden breaking out? Well, offensive production numbers are down. Strikeouts are up. ERAs are down. <clears throat> and again, I don't know how many people are doing it. Enough. There's a lot of people doing it. And the thing about it is, Bob Nightingale, pretty respected person when it comes to the MLB, tweets out an hour ago. This past week had the lowest spin rate of any week this season, and the impact is quite clear with batting averages up and strikeouts down. So the sign of everyone's doing it is clear. Now, again, I can't come out here and be contradicting myself and say, hey, baseball is a game of sample sizes. You need to have a bigger sample size than a week. But this doesn't play. Because in a week where the main topic was guys are using stuff on their hands to be sticky so they can get a faster spin rate and strike guys out and be more dominant. And then all of a sudden when the news breaks out and everybody's like, crap, man, pitch it, throw it away, flush it down the toilet. It's like Ray Liotta and Goodfellas. When he knows he's about to get raided and he just starts having his wife flush his whole stash down the toilet, looking out the window for the helicopter. That was Garrett Cole in the press conference, sweating bullets profusively, worried like hell that he's going to get caught. Trevor Bauer probably doesn't care. He's kind of looking like a clown now, though, that he can strike guys out with one eye. Because next time you say that, be like, I'm going to try to strike you out with no sticky stuff on the ball. Because guess what team is linked to the highest spin rate? Dodges. Can't make this stuff up. Don't get mad at hitters when they were using an advantage to get at you who already have the advantage holding the baseball and throwing it. By the time it leaves Lisa's people's hands on the mound, the 60 feet's gone. At this point, it's now like 50 feet. And yes, it's cheating to do steroids. It's also cheating to put a sticky substance in your belt line, put it on the baseball, and try to whip that ball through the zone. But it's kind of interesting that pitchers are like, ah, oh, it's nonsense. We're not, we're not doing that. And then in the week of baseball that the news comes out, it's the lowest spin rate of any week. And the season's impact is quite clear. The batting averages are up and strikeouts are down. It's all right. Just admit it. See what happens. You want baseball to get better? Well, just allow some things to happen. Coming up, there's an old saying that I feel that we've awoken a sleeping giant. I think that happens to the Chiefs this year. Sunday. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The 913, you should do some research on Bauer before your nonsense. He's been calling it cheating for years, called MLB out, no penalties. Look up his YouTube channel. Well, let's do that now. Incredible radio. He's telling you. This is the same guy who cut his hand on a drone in the middle of the playoffs. He also said he would punch himself in the balls if he signed like a multi-million dollar multi-year contract. Suspect spin rates, Trevor Bauer heads group of pitchers who have made improbable RPM reigns, gains in 2021. Hmm. Just saying. Trevor Bauer, I mean, I'm not against him. I think he's kind of good for baseball. Because I like baseball to be more competitive and more angry at one another. All I was saying is it spin rates up. The Dodgers lead when it comes to spin rate. And what's better, let's be honest, let's say Trevor Bauer is one of the guys that completely is against it and calling people out for it. What's a better way to get away with it than to act like you're against it. These guys and their spin rate should change. And I did do some research. And the only research I had to do on this subject was that the Dodgers lead MLB when it comes to spin rate. He is on that staff. So maybe he's doing it natural. That's not the research I need to look up. I just was letting you know that he's on the staff that leads MLB in spin rate, and all of a sudden now spin rate's down because all of a sudden they're talking about spin rate and sticky tech. Spider tech. Whatever it may be, we move on to what I believe Monday begins the revenge tour. I mean this from the bottom of my heart because I was one of these people that advocated last year that the Chiefs would win the Super Bowl as soon as they got to the playoffs. They beat Cleveland. They beat Buffalo. They lost to the to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. My thing is, sometimes you need to be embarrassed or you need to be humbled or you need a significant knockdown to kind of know who you truly are. It's kind of like the famous Mike Tyson quote Everybody's got a plan until they get hit in the mouth. Maybe that's what happened to the Chiefs. The Chiefs aren't going anywhere anytime soon when it comes to the success of this franchise because of who they have at head coach and at quarterback. Vegas still has the Chiefs as the favorites to win the Super Bowl. 
Patrick Mahomes is still the favorite to win MVP. They're still the favorite to win the AFC and the AFC West. But let's be honest on where this team was this time last year. This time last year, they were coming off a Super Bowl victory and heading into a season that nobody knew what was going to happen. Would there be fans? Would there be a full season? How are they going to complicate these uh, new guidelines and get around this whole season? And then the season started. There was about 16-5 allowed at Arrowhead. Sounded like always there was like 50,000 there. And the Chiefs were on pace to do exactly what everyone thought they would do. And that is take control of the AFC West, get into the playoffs, and be Super Bowl contenders because it was the run-it-back season. But the NFL moves fast, and that might have seemed like forever ago, but this is already a more grown team from that year. I know it's hard to think about that when you look at Twitter, you look at Instagram or Facebook and whoever posts it and the videos from Hawaii with Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes having a great time for the Mahomes Foundation for the first annual golf tournament out there to raise uh, some money for a great fundraiser. But the thing about it is the NFL is so impactful after one year that this is what I would call the revenge tour. The Chiefs got embarrassed, no matter how you want to look at it, in the Super Bowl. Didn't even score a touchdown. Got blasted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Patrick Mahomes ran for his life. And in the offseason, they muscled up. Nothing flashy. Nothing where you sit back and they're like the Tennessee Titans where you're like, holy smokes, we got Julio Jones, Derrick Henry. The Chiefs went out and they did exactly what they needed to do once again. Now they have offensive line support. Now they have muscle. They went out and they supported Chris Jones and Frank Clark with Jaron Reed. They got muscle. They got tough. Because they got embarrassed by a team that was tougher than they were in the Super Bowl. The defensive line shocked them. The defensive line got everybody back. And like the text line comes out, Bucks returned all 22 Super Bowl stars and Kansas City's still number one over the Bucks. Because of what they have at quarterback and head coach. And Bruce Arians is a great quarter or is a great coach. And Tom Brady's a great quarterback. But sometimes it takes a tough loss or a beating to bring out your best side. And I think that that's what could possibly happen for the Kansas City Chiefs. And this isn't a homer take, but I'm telling you, they went out, they got tough, and it could be honestly scary for the league because I'm telling you right now, Mahomes could set the world on fire. Because in his first year as a starter, nobody knew what to expect. There was no video. There was one game. And it was against the Broncos team that had already checked out. It was a game in a week 17 that didn't make anybody really turn their head. Oh, this is just a young kid out there having fun and slinging it. All right. And then he comes back the next year and wins MVP. And then he goes back the next year and wins a Super Bowl. And then he comes back the next year and goes to another Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes has now lost in the AFC Championship, won in the AFC Championship, won a Super Bowl, lost a Super Bowl. Now it's all about just taking complete control and taking over. 
And the reason why I think it's a sleeping giant type of mentality is because this team already knows they're damn good. This team already knows what it's like to win at the top level and to lose at the top level. This team knows how to get there without blinking an eye. This team knows they're good. That's not what I'm worried about. This team now knows that they got embarrassed and that they got beat, beat bad. And now they want to go back and redo it. They want to let everybody know what really happens when the Chiefs can get going. Your left side, your blind side for Mahomes is completely different and patched up. Tooney, Brown, locked up, down to go. And the reason why I say that this could be scary for the league is a few three, few reasons why. Aaron Rodgers, who I believe is one of the most talented quarterbacks I've ever seen, had the best year of his career last year. At 37, 36. And guess who had the best offensive line in football? The Green Bay Packers. And Aaron Rodgers won MVP. And Aaron Rodgers had the best year of his career. Easily. When it came to numbers and consistency and production. And Patrick Mahomes is about to have the best offensive line that he's ever had in the NFL. I don't know what he had in college or in high school, if he ever had anything better, but this is the best offensive line that he's ever had. College, it was poor. He just ran everywhere and slung it. And now Patrick Mahomes has a line that is proven, that is legit, that are all pros, Super Bowl winners. You even got competition now on this offensive line. And if you give Patrick Mahomes time to throw, time to pick you apart, I have no idea what to expect. But he didn't have this in his rookie, or I guess he didn't have this in his first year as a starter season, and he threw for numbers that we've never seen. He did things that we've never seen. And now he might have time, he will have time, to sit back, relax, collect, and find room for these receivers and tight ends. And if there's anything that's more scary in this world is giving these receivers and tight ends time to develop these routes. Because you remember the jet chip wasp play that needed some time to be ran. Now you can run those plays at a more at ease type of thing. What does that do? Sets the world on fire in the league. It's already hard to contain Patrick Mahomes when he didn't have an offensive line. Now he has it. Now they have the muscle, now they're strong, and they're already strong in assets that you need an offensive line to even get better at. I mean, good Lord, you give Tyreek Hill five seconds to run a route? Good luck, NFL. When it comes to the Chiefs, they're a team that gels well. They're a team that plays well together. They're like a brotherhood. There was one guy that didn't see it that way, and that guy, well, no one agrees with. Sunday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Pretty encouraging news uh, going along the Twitter sphere. Christian Erickson, the Denmark national player, is doing okay. What's really interesting about this story is that he literally died on the field yesterday at a national, uh, the uh, Euro Cup game. Pretty interesting. Had a cardiac arrest and was uh, brought back to life on the field in front of everyone's eyes. Which to me is just something that is just amazing in today's world that like we're just okay seeing that. I don't know if okay is the right word to say, but just like unfazed, I guess would be the right way to look at it. Like, yeah, did you see that guy like passed out? No, he didn't pass out. He died. And <laughs> like came back to life because he was resuscitated on the side of the field after going into a cardiac arrest. But Christian Eriksen, the Denmark national player, is uh, alive and well. I'm assuming probably resting in a hospital. Nonetheless, it is a Sunday on June 13th. It's a scorcher out there. My watch says it's 82, but I bet it feels like 90. Nice breeze, though. Nice warm breeze. Hope that uh, amplifies my my golf ball and the spin rate that I try to put on it. No sticky substance, though, on a golf ball. Although my grandpa was a cheater in golf, he would put chapstick on his driver face. And I never understood, like, why he did that. And he would always tell me, well, I just want to know where I'm hitting it off the club face. And my response was, why don't you do that on the driving range? He said, why don't you just be quiet and let me tee off? Yes, sir. My God. That's how you know someone's, like, embarrassed that they're cheating when you follow up a question with a question and they just cut it. Why don't you do that on the driving range? Why don't you just be quiet before I tee off? Okay. And I so badly, after he sliced it, wanted to be like, where does it look like it's on the face? Where I know it's in that heel because the club face came open? Anyway, screw you, Grandpa. You cheater. I've never once done that. I have been told that if you put, uh, if you go to the driving range, you want to know where you're hitting the ball off the club face, you take the, uh, like, the shoe spray, uh, like, stuff that keeps the athlete's foot away or the smell. Spray your driver with that, then hit it, and you'll see where the golf ball imprint is. But nonetheless, uh, yesterday I was kind of putting back by a, uh, a, a nice little comment, nice in a sarcastic way, that Le'Veon Bell made. And it made me think that Le'Veon Bell is just an anomaly. Or in this case, he's an outlier. Well, he's also a liar, but an outlier. Something that is drastically different than everything else. And that is because Le'Veon Bell came out yesterday or the day before or sometime here recently on Instagram answering questions from fans. And Le'Veon Bell, 
who the Chiefs showed no interest in resigning the running back, and Le'Veon Bell, I think, has the feelings seem to be mutual, according to Adam Adam Teicher of ESPN Chiefs beat writer. Bell didn't specify on his complaints with Reed and Chiefs or with Andy Reed, the Chiefs coach. But Le'Veon Bell came out and said, "I'd retire before playing for Kansas City Chiefs coach Andy Reed in an Instagram post." There's just so much wrong with this type of reaction from Le'Veon Bell. And it just smells like, and it feels like, and it looks like Le'Veon Bell's just pissed because he didn't get his Super Bowl ring. He didn't really play a lot. And now he's firing shots at somebody that everybody else supports. You don't have to search very far to see how much support Andy Reid has in the NFL when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs organization, when it comes to the fan base of Kansas City, when it comes to former players that played under Andy Reid. LaShawn McCoy being the gate, the, the front runner in this group of, I guess, gatekeepers of the Andy Reid Foundation. LaShawn McCoy uh, joined a podcast and all things covered and said, Andy Reid is a man of, you know, giving people second chances. He's a family man. He's a nice guy. Good Christian guy. Good believer in human being first, athlete second. And this just makes Le'Veon Bell look more and more like an ass. And you have guys that come out on Twitter like Mike DeVito, who used to play for the Chiefs, and Andy Reid, who was an offensive lineman, and said he'd come out of retirement to play for Andy Reid. The text line, Joe Southland, so toe service text line earlier, reminded us that even guys like T.O., who are very vocal about people and who he likes and doesn't like, likes and loves Andy Reid. And I think I have a feeling of what's going on here when it comes to Le'Veon Bell and his upset, grumpy, fired-off social media take. Because like I said, you don't have to go very far or look very much long or look very long when it comes to the support that Andy Reid has of former players, coaching staff, whatever it may be, media members in the NFL, whatever it is. I've been to plenty Andy Reid press conferences. I've seen him call beat writers by their first name and joke with them and laugh with them, and nobody has a problem with Andy Reid. Because if Andy Reid really is this fake false person, He's done a damn good job of hiding it. That would be the sports break of the whole time. Andy Reid goes full heel, comes out, and apologizes because he's really not this guy. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. What makes sense is that Le'Veon Bell didn't get his way. He didn't try. And Andy Reid's not a man that gives handouts. Andy Reid will give anybody in the world a second chance. He'll look at anybody from a persona point of view. Instead of an athlete right away, he'll sit down. He'll talk to you. He'll ask you about your family. He'll ask you about your likes, your dislikes, and then he'll talk to you about the sport. And I think Le'Veon Bell didn't get that because I think Le'Veon Bell came to Kansas City's organization and thought things were going to go a little bit differently. When somebody like Andy Reid, who always seems to win, always seems to have support, and always seems to be very, very productive in the sport that he has been in so very long, It's hard to believe anything that comes out of the mouth of somebody who has one type of take 
that no one else agrees with. And this is one of them. I think when Levy, and this again, this is all theory. I don't know Le'Veon Bell personally. I don't have any facts on this. But I think that when Le'Veon Bell came to the Chiefs, he saw it as an opportunity to win, right? He saw it as an opportunity to be a Super Bowl champion. He saw it as an opportunity that maybe he could turn his perspective around the NFL and have that ring, have that money. And like Grant reminded us earlier, he's made 40-plus million dollars his career. The only thing he doesn't have is a ring. And he thought he's going to get that with Kansas City. Probably thought he's going to get a little bit more playing time. My theory is, I think he came over here thinking that his name alone would get him that notch. Andy Reid doesn't play that way. Andy Reid has a very complex, constructed type of play calling and playbook. You got to get it. You got to put in the work to get the work. That's true anywhere. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind, the first time he saw Patrick Mahomes run with the twos, he looked at him and said, well, we could probably do a lot of good if we had Alex Smith sit number two and Patrick Mahomes go number one. I mean, I put all the money I have in my life that they'd have beaten the Tennessee Titans in that playoff game if Patrick Mahomes starts. I don't think that's an unpopular opinion. But that ain't the way Andy Reid coaches, man. You got to earn it. You got to believe in it. You got to take full ownership of it. You got to get there. You don't just get in. That's not the way it goes. And I think that's the way Le'Veon Bell thought it would go when he came over to the Kansas City Chiefs and got that role because there was a running back that was out. He thought, oh, I'll just come over there. I'm Le'Veon Bell. Everyone knows who I am. They know I'm talented. No, sir. And that's why I feel like this hot take of I'd retire before I'd play for Andy Reid again comes out. He reminds me of Spike from Little Giants. Becky the Icebox O'Shea put in her time. She knew the playbook. She knew the team. She was with the team. Spike came in, thought he'd play because he was talented, didn't fit on the team, traded. And Le'Veon Bell came over here, didn't probably fit into the locker room. Of course, I wasn't in that locker room. Nobody was. Nobody was around that team uh, to cover it because of COVID. But it just gets the sense that he didn't get what he wanted. He didn't get that euphoric feeling of, oh, I'm back in the league. I get to do whatever I want to do. I can do this. I can do that. That's not how it happened. And so now all of a sudden it's Andy Reid's fault. Victim mentality type of action. And that doesn't fly for me, Jack. Because guys like LaShawn McCoy, Terrell Owens, many, many others who have played under Andy Reid, Alex Smith will tell you, he's a family guy. He's a nice man. He likes the person, then the athlete. He cares about your family. He asks you questions. If you play for Andy Reid, yes, you're going to have to earn it. Yes, you're going to have to take the time and learn the playbook and be able to take your role. And if you're a running back, you're probably going to do things that you're not really used to doing. You're going to have to block somebody. You're going to have to chip and then release. You're not going to get the ball 30 times in this offense. That's not what this offense does. And I think Le'Veon Bell realized that after it was over, didn't win a Super Bowl, didn't get a ton of playing time, got a little hurt. His feelings got hurt. And now he's out here trying to be relevant and take on these things, and nobody supports it. Nobody believes it. We care because we know it doesn't make sense. And we know that nobody else has this type of take on Andy Reid other than what Le'Veon Bell said. That's why it's one of those things when you look at it, you're like, what? The hell with that. And there's a lot of rumors that stir around that Bell wants to be a reality star. Go ahead. 
I just don't think he wants to play football anymore. I think he's made his money. I think he had his best shot at winning the Super Bowl. And now I don't think anybody wants him because this league that is all in favor of Andy Reid several, several years and generations ahead and behind coaches, league office members, general managers, players, ex-players, current players, everybody. Andy Reid's the guy. And LaShawn McCoy said when he won that Super Bowl, you saw all sorts of types of players, ex-players, coaches, and front office people reach out and congratulate him. That's just the way it is. So Le'Veon Bell, go be a reality star. Nobody wants you anymore. At least that's what it appears. A team that's all about giving second chances gave you one. And you gave them two middle fingers and spit on it in return. It's tough to come back from that. We get back. Yesterday was the 40th anniversary for this famous Hollywood hero, and I got to dive into it. Sunday. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Final segment of the day. It's a Sunday afternoon. Flew by. Grant Nichols and Dusty Likens here on Bink Sunday. I got to do it one more time. Miss Binkley, Jay Binkley's mom, turned 75 years old today. So, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Binkley's mother. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. On all reality, happy birthday to Jay Binkley's mother, 75, man. Insane. I wonder how many Super Bowls the Chiefs would win if Patrick Mahomes played 75 years with the Chiefs and never, like, got bad. Never weathered. That's hilarious. I guess when it comes to Hollywood, it's a tough... It's a tough fight for me, and Grant, I don't know where, um, I don't know where you sit with this because I'm not really sure, like, if you've even like seen all these movies or like, I'm sure you have. You you got a pretty good track record. But yesterday in Hollywood, Raiders of the Lost Ark turned 50. I'm sorry, turned 40 years old. Raiders of the Lost Ark. What a great movie. Doctor Jones, Miriam. They go to look for the Lost Ark. Try to hide it from the Nazis. Try to get it into a museum. I don't even know why you try to find that thing in the first place after uh, the pit of snakes it was in. Great movie. Fantastic. 
40 years old, so it made me think to myself, Jay Southland Toast Service, text line 913-576-7610. Or if you want, phone line's open. I'll take a call or two or three or five. 913-576-7610. It made me think, when it comes to Indiana Jones, do you take Dr. Jones as your guy or do you take James Bond as your guy? Very tough. Both very similar yet very different. James Bond gets the gadgets. Seems to always get the girl. Kind of a, you know, upper echelon, MIA, MIA, MIA agent, double agent, disguise, goes on a lot of exotic trips. So does Dr. Jones. But it made me think, archaeologist, military type of spy. Tough. Very tough. I don't think it's tough. I don't think that's tough. You going Bond? No. My guy. I'm going Indiana Jones. For sure. I mean, Indiana Jones saw a man get his heart ripped out and then burned alive without his heart in his chest. James Bond, I mean, he does it with a gun. Dr. Jones does it with a whip. Now, Dr. Jones does have a gun, shoots a guy in Raiders of the Lost Ark, actually, when he's got this gigantic sword. But for me, when it comes to the, when it comes to the Dr. Jones versus James Bond, I just kind of dig the archaeology over the spy. Now, you could have the flashy car, and you could have the, you know, the, the suave of Mr. Bond, James Bond, 00 agent. You got him in your back pocket. Man, Dr. Jones, man. Archaeology, smartest guy in the room. Harrison Ford is extremely good looking. He's so hot. Very hot. The whole time. Every single movie. Maybe not Crystal Skull. Okay, yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Which there's a lot of people that are like, you know, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. And they're actually getting ready to come out with a fifth Indiana Jones as as Harrison, (laughs) Harrison Ford will be like 77 when this movie comes out. But I'm with you, Grant. I think I lean towards the archaeologist that is Indiana Jones uh, when it comes to Indiana Jones or James Bond. I think the Indiana Jones original trilogy is probably probably my favorite trilogy when it comes to any movie set. I mean, Back to the Future is up there. But there's just so much, uh, so much in the Indiana Jones trilogy. I mean, Raiders of the Lost Ark is fantastic. Temple of is basically the reason why we have rated our films today. Because it originally was rated PG-13, but then after they came out, and it came out in theaters, and people were like, eh, I don't know about this movie. They're eating chilled monkey brains. They're, they're ripping guys' hearts out. They're burning guys. Uh, we probably ought to put a little bit more of a level of, of, of ratings on this, on this film uh, when it came to the Temple of Doom. And then The Last Crusade, man. I mean, that's like probably the best third movie of a of a of a trilogy. I know Godfather in a lot of people's minds is really, really high up there, but man. And what's crazy is that they even brought in James Bond into Indiana Jones. Sean Connery is Dr. Jones's dad in the third one. It's tough. Yeah. I mean, from the nine one three, is it better than Lord of the Rings? Lord of the Rings is fantastic. Man, Indiana Jones, I mean, it's just so adventurous. It's so fun. Harrison Ford made you want to, like, play that, the whole theme. He hates snakes. I hate snakes. 
He likes artifacts. I like artifacts. That belongs in a museum. James Bond, well, he just wants to bang it out in a museum. That's a fact. But hey, you cheat, Dr. Jones. You cheat. Short round. No more parachutes. You call him Dr. Jones, doll. I just think when it comes to the, the, the Hollywood icon, I think I'm going Dr. Jones over James Bond. This is a Bink Sunday. We wrap this thing up as we got to get out of here. I got to go play golf. Got to get to the course. I think I got to push back a little bit. I think Lord of the Rings is better than the Indiana Jones. All due respect. There's, text, just, there's more depth there. Text line disagrees. Yes, better than Lord of the Rings because it's viewed in its own without context. But in terms of like a pure action movie, like a pure action franchise. Yeah, I'm still going Indiana, Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones is pretty great. Oh, I mean, it's fantastic. It's suspenseful. And there's, just, there's one of them. You don't have to worry about which James Bond is going to be which. Yeah. But the Temple of Doom is the worst second movie in any trilogy. Eh. I'm not sure about that. It's not the best one. I'll give you that. It's definitely the, the, the worst of the three. But one in three in Indiana Jones are so damn good that it makes two look really bad. I think two's bad because of the female lead. She just screams all the time. I just remember I didn't like two because I saw it when I was like 11 and they ripped that guy's heart out. And I was like, well, oh, Mel Shivai, oh, Mel Shivai, oh, Mel Shivai. Pretty dark. Kalima Shakti Day. <laughs> that guy, man, he betrayed the Shiva and he lost the stones. He stole the stones. My God, they ate some exotic food in that. To everyone that tuned in today on this Sunday, go have a good Sunday. Go enjoy it. Summer's here, baby. It's nice outside. You can enjoy it. Remember, Le'Veon Bell sucks. Just remember where the Royals are at. They're only five and a half games out of the wild card. They're not too far away, man. They could still be a playoff team. I got to stick with Grant when it comes to this, what the Royals' numbers would be if Bobby Witt made his debut this year with full capacity allowed in stadiums. Could the Royals get to 100,000 fans in a three-game weekend series? Could possibly happen. I think 90 for sure. I think you could go 30-30-30. Very, very easily. To everyone that listened, make sure you listen at 2 o'clock. Josh Furnier's pregame show starts. Happy birthday, Binkley's mother. Happy birthday, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Jay Binkley's mom. 75 years around the sun. Jay Binkley, have a good time with your mother today. Everybody else, go call your mom. Give her a hug or something if you can. I'm Dusty Likens. That's Grant Nicholson. Josh Vernier, 2 o'clock on 610 Sports Radio. The Royals at 307 against Oakland. See you. Sunday. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.